Hello and welcome to Holly's Hotspurs, where I, your host, Holly Agambar, will be talking all the latest news and gossip, along with a few heated opinions on the club we all love, Tottenham Hotspur. Now you can watch this unfold live with me and my guests over on YouTube at my channel, Holly Agambar. But for now, let's sit back and discuss what has been happening at Tottenham. Hopefully, we've been living lavish. Tonight we'll be discussing how we crashed out I believe sometimes. I mean, I'm wearing black because I'm mourning the death of our season. Happy days, that's how I'm looking at things. But I have saved £25 by cancelling BT, so it's all not doom and gloom. But tonight I'm joined by two guests to try and dissect what kind of happened last night because I don't think I'll be able to do it on my own. So, first of all, I have Luke from Rivalry Asides TV. How are you holding up today, Luke? Yeah, I'm getting there slowly. Luckily, I work from home, so... Uh... There's not too much uh, banter going on. I'm not getting too much stick. So, yeah, it's all right. Thanks. Good. I'm glad to hear it. At least you haven't had the banter that I've had to put up with today with six-year-olds. But nevertheless, happy days. Um, and I'm also joined by the Irish Hotspur, otherwise known as David. David, how are you today? Yeah, I'm all good. I'm all good. Thanks for having me, um, Holly. I really do appreciate it. Um, yeah, no, I'm all good apart from the result, really. Yeah, it wasn't the best, was it, really? And before we even start, I just want to point out, obviously, the lineup came out, and for me, we kind of knew it was the second-string kind of players, still with the likes of Kane in there, but you kind of thought they would have done a bit of a job, at least turn up in the first half. So, Luke, I'll come to you first. What do you make of that first-half performance? Just the first half? The first half was <laughs> abysmal, spineless. Um, I could use other words to describe that performance, but... It just seemed like, you know, nobody even got off the plane. You know, they might have all just sat on it and gone back home again because nobody even attempted, you know, even the likes of Harry Kane, he didn't even seem that interested, in my opinion, in this game. And I think, you know, even Hugo Lloris has come out with loads of comments today, but even him during the game didn't seem to be, no one seemed to be up for this game. And it was just, yeah, the, the first half was atrocious. It was, wasn't it? And that's the thing, because I was irate at the fact that we didn't turn up in the North London derby. To then do that again last night was just horrendous. So, David, what did you make of it? Do you think Joseph had to make those rotations or do you think he probably should have gone with the, the best team that could have played last night? Um, No, look, I can see what people are saying about going with the best team last night. But ultimately, every one of us sat here before the game knowing it was thinking it was job done. Everybody, they offered nothing at White Hart Lane. Absolutely not. And it was the same defence that he played. They shipped three goals last night. Okay, he changed the midfield. Heiberg was suspended, so one of them had to come in. Um, look, and Dumbele, he look, he was, he's been anonymous the last while. He's looked tired. He needed a rest. That was plain and obvious, so he rested him. He, um, you know, there was people saying they wanted Vinicius to start last night because they thought the game was over. And I said, well, no, like, you know, you still need to play Kane. You still need to get that one goal. And then after that, maybe you can take him off. So he got that right. He played Lucas Lamella. Um, Bale needed a rest. What did he do against Arsenal? Absolutely nothing. You know what I mean? So, look, it's a hard it's a hard one. Like, oh, look, Mourinho's not perfect. He has his faults. But in my opinion, the, 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 the problem is, is a lot more deep-rooted than Mourinho. Um, you, you can get in another manager, the same thing is going to happen. Um, we, we need to take a different approach with this and start looking at the playing squad, the scouting infrastructure, stuff like that. Stuff I've always spoke about on my channel um, a while ago that, that I just gave up until the end of the season. But, you know, look, it's it's time to bring it back out again because ultimately they failed us. Like, 
what you've seen last night on the pitch, I've honestly gone down and watched my local under-10 side and they've played better football than that. They can control the ball better than that. They can pass it to a player in the same shirt. Our players went out there disinterested. And it's the same players that we've been speaking about for two, three years now, the likes of Winks, uh, Suzuko, Aurier, um, Dyer, even Sanchez. Okay, he's had a few good games, but he was poor last night. Yeah, ben Davies, you know, um, Lucas Moura, you know, like all these players that have been way too inconsistent. Like, I don't It's not a surprise because it's it's players we've spoke about for three three years now. Every player that started last night were here before Jose Mourinho. Now, at the end of the day, I can understand, like, you know, look, if you don't get on with the manager. But at the end of the day, like half the dressing room does and half of it doesn't. All the leaders are coming out saying the right things. You know, we're with Jose. And then you have the likes of Dyer coming out and saying, oh, well, I think I've had a good campaign. It, it blows your mind. You, you know what I mean? It, it's just baffling. It's baffling. Look, I think Mourinho, it, because he's such a polarising figure, and, and look, he brings that on himself. I think no matter what he does, people are going to say the opposite. You, you know what I mean? Even though they would have agreed before the game to make changes. It's just one of those situations. But from, from 1 to 11, none of us fans deserve what they went out and put on last night. None of us. Not one of us. These are all players that, you know... We've all been told it's good, good squad players. So okay, last night squad players. That's your opportunity. You've given two nil up. You're supposed to be costing true. Why didn't you do your job? Do they care about the club? Do they care about uh, about the badge? Do, do they wear it with the same passion and pride that we all sit here and do? Like I'm, and I'm back to the North London derby. If us fans can get up at nine o'clock in the morning, be pumped, listening to spar songs, get all your your jersey on, your scarf, your hat, and everything else. You honestly need need to tell me that they need a manager to get them up for the North London Derby. How long have some of them players been at this club to know what a North London Derby means? More than enough time to know what a North London Derby means. I fully agree. And that's the thing. I, I don't know why we bother as fans. We're the ones that always get hurt the most. And it's so frustrating. So, Luke, I want to come to you. Obviously, David's touched on the fact that these players that we played should be up for the game because their position in the Premier League hasn't really shown much light this season, shall we speak, the likes of Winks, the likes of Sissoko. So do you think maybe it was a lack of confidence again going into this game? Or do you think it was really their time to show what they can do? Well, you know, it's potentially a bit of both, right? So it's potentially that there is lack of confidence there, but also it is their time to shine. You know, if they want to break into that first 11, they want to, you know, the likes of Harry Winks, for example, you know, people have been saying that he should have gone to, uh, <laughs> I know, yeah, he should have gone to, you know, Villarreal or, you know, wherever was was coming for him in the summer. And Jose said, no, he, you know, he needs to stay. And, and under Pochettino, he did play well. But for him to step into a game like this and he has to show his worth and it's sideways backwards passing, you know, against the side, you know, fair play to them. They pressed us. They pressed us high and they pressed us really well. But, you know, in terms of players being up for a game like this, you know, they shouldn't, it shouldn't matter that the squad was rotated. It shouldn't matter that different players are coming in and playing with different players. You know, they train day in, day out, every day of the week together. So I just think it was a mentality problem. And that is something that I believe Jose was going to be able to fix. You know, he was going to be able to drive in that winning mentality, drive in that ability to, do you know what, we can grind out a result in this game. You know, you saw the likes of him when he was into Milan against uh, Barcelona, you know, and they get somebody sent off. And yeah, okay, you know, he parked the bus and they, they end up going through. But 
those are the games that you expect from from a side of his. And I agree with David in the sense where I can blame fifty percent of my blame on the manager, but I also you know blame fifty percent of that blame on the players. And anybody who's sitting here saying that that the manager is a hundred percent at fault clearly doesn't watch football because last night you could see from the attitude of the players, you could see from how they were approaching the game. None of them even got going. Even the substitutes who during the game when they were subbed on should have been chomping at the bit to get on that pitch to change the game to score us a goal. None of them seemed interested either. So there's a, there's a bigger problem than just that. And it all brings down to mentality again, which has been a problem at Spurs for a long time. And I don't know how different managers can't seem to be able to fix that. Maybe it is the hoodoo over Spurs, but I don't know how they can, you know, even new players can get that. Yet when it goes into a North London derby, which has lasted a lot longer than this hoodoo that's lived over Spurs, they couldn't get up for that. So, um, yeah, that's my rant over. <laughs> I, I, I like it, Luke, because it does basically reiterate what we're all kind of feeling as Spurs fans. I mean, I just want to point out what Alan said. Do you think um, maybe that, David, the fact that players think they can get away with not showing up in games is because there's no fans in ground? Look, it, it, honestly, it's just another excuse that's in their corner. We need to start taking them out of the corner and just saying, look, this is what we expect of you when you wear a badge. We all spend... 80 to 100 quid on jerseys. We buy hat flags. Look at the flags. Look at all your stuff in the background, Holly. We all put good money into this club. Fans or no fans, they should be motivated to go out and play for it. End off. Look, I, 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 I do understand that, you know, they might miss the adrenaline of, of 60,000 people chanting their name. I get that. But ultimately, when they were growing up, did they play in front of fans? No. You know, most of their career, it's only about 10, 11 years that they spend in front in front of playing with fans. But they, they spend up until up until that time playing it with no fans. So it shouldn't be that much of a problem to them, to be honest with you. And like again, are you away for cup dangling? That should be more than enough for them to go out and put on a performance, fans or not. Trophies should be hungry enough. Harry Kane trains as hard as he does every day and lives the way he does to win trophies. Some is the same. You go to bigger players, you go to Ronaldo, Messi. They all do the same. They all work towards winning trophies. But ultimately, you know, if you can work as hard as you want, if you don't believe and you don't have it up here, you're never going to do it. The reason why, look, I agree with Luke. Josie, I did think Josie was going to come in and be able to change it. But ultimately, some of these players have had a few managers in charge now, both different ways of playing, both different philosophies, both different team talks, both different man managers, both different ways of training, complete opposites. But no matter what, they just it's just not happening. So, look, I, I'm of the opinion now that we can go down the route of just keep trying to bring in managers and cover the problem and not actually use that money that we're going to use to hire and fire managers to put into the squad and change the squad, change the mentality. At the end of the day, Klopp came into Liverpool. City, um, Pep came into, into City. Now, this whole notion that you have to work with what you have, yeah, obviously you do throughout the transfer window or when the, when the transfer window is closed. But ultimately, when the transfer window is open, you do expect the board to bring you in the players you need. Like, centre-back, which has cost us a lot of games this season. Now, that was an issue that should have been identified in the summer. They were looking at Skriniar. Hitchin was over in, in Milan trying to get the deal done. And then what happened? Couldn't get the deal done. Penny pinching. We ended up with Joe Roden. 
Now, is that the manager's fault? No, he he told he went to them and told them what he needs. Like Toby Alderweireld, he's old now. He like you know as good as he is, he can't play the amount of games he was getting through under Pochettino. It was evident last season as well when Jan Vertonghen was in beside him. It was evident that we needed to get in centre backs, and they got in one. They got in Joe Roden. It's not good enough. You need players that are ready to come in. You need players with a mentality, not a players that. Not, not, not a player that of Joe Roden, right, I'm going to come in and I'm going to um, I'm going to develop myself. You want players to come in and say, I'm here to deliver trophies. It's that mentality that's the problem. And it's not helped by the board. It's not helped by stuff surrounding the club. One man can cannot change everything. He can do his best to do it. But ultimately, I think some of these players just do not have that mentality. And it's been proven against Arsenal. And last night, they just... They're too happy to be here. They don't care. Three points doesn't mean enough for them. It does not mean enough for them. They, they, they're pulling out attackers. They're letting people run by them. You, you know what I mean? They're not running about some of them. Now, you, you cannot put that on Jose Mourinho. That's up to them. At the end of the day, where does self-pride come into this uh, and say, I don't want to be shown not running around on TV? I, want, I don't want to be good. I want this on my record at loss against Zagreb when, we're, when we should be dominating and coming out of this. I don't want that. I want to come out here and represent myself well. You know what I mean? Look, even if it's not working, even if I don't like Josie and Josie doesn't like me, play my football so I can get my move in the summer. But what's going to happen is now we're going to be stuck with these players because any clubs that are looking at them to come in and improve their team, they're not going to look at these players to come in and improve their team. They're not because they're going to say, well, they're not winners. Like, what are they going to do to improve my team? They're just going to be happy to be here. It's That's a major problem. That's the thing because I know Phil here has said about Jose's uh, principles and drills into the squad, the emphasis on errors and not making mistakes. I mean, okay, yeah, if you're going to tell someone you're making mistakes, but I'd rather be told I'm making a mistake rather than making one. And again, it goes back to this weak mentality. Players should own up for their mistakes and work on them, not hide behind and blame someone else like the likes of Dyer. So, Phil, I do get what you're saying, and I'm not going to discredit your your comment just because I feel the opposite. But I just want to – it's nice to get people's opinions, but I just feel with players of this calibre, the wages they're on, they should be able to have the right mentality to be able to own up yeah. for their mistakes and improve from them. Um, and just, just to add to that – sorry, yeah, sorry Holly, right. just to add to that way it's on my mind. Like, we've seen tweets come out from the Mele. Like, you know, oh, we're gonna we're we're gonna show a reaction from the Arsenal game. Tottenham Tigers are turning up. You know what I mean? This sort of stuff. It's 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 a load of bollocks. They didn't turn up last night. Like this whole thing, this tweets, this, that, and the other. Do it on the pitch. Like ultimately they hit behind Poch when things went bad. Poch carried the can. Then they all came out in the press and had their say. Now they're hiding under Mourinho instead of coming out and saying, you know, look. I, did, I didn't play well last night. I, I went out there, I thought the job was done, I hold my hands up. No one apologised after North London Derby. No one's going to do it after last night. They're all going to hide behind Mourinho. I let him take the, the flack in the press. But then again, the way Mourinho is, it wouldn't surprise me for him to say, look, you say nothing, I'll take the heat. You just make sure you go out now for the rest of the season and do your job. It's the sort of man he is. But at the end of the day, these players need to come out and, and speak up now. And speak up. Like, look, this, the time of... like. Danny Rose done it, he was sacrificed. Larice done it last night, he's not going to be sacrificed. But I want Kane to come out now. I want people to start coming out and addressing what's going on. Let us know whether it's the manager. If it's the manager, fair enough. But or, or let us know whether, be honest, come, in, come out and say, look, you know, there's some players here that are here taking, taking this club for a ride. Come out and say it. Stop hiding behind people now. 
exactly and i do echo that and that's the thing but i feel like a bit like wayne said here like we've got a top class manager don't get me wrong i think obviously sunday i think he was part to blame and i think in recent weeks he has been part to blame in some sense but again it's facts we've got a mid-table squad and a board like nothing will change until the top has changed so luke i want to come to you quickly obviously we touched on slightly on the game last night but i just want to get your thoughts on obviously delhi ali now delhi ali has been a player that's kind of been on a touchy subject for me in a sense that I still thought a move to PSG in the January transfer window probably would have done him word of good. For not just him, but for us, it was a change of scenery, reunite with Poch, all that stuff, confidence and things like that. And plus it would put him in the shop window if we do decide to sell him at the end of the, uh, the season. But obviously that isn't going to happen now. So when the board say we're going to have to sell big players come the summer. Do you think Delhi might be one of those players or do you think we won't really get the money that we probably should deserve from the likes of Delhi? Yeah, it's a tricky one, that, because I've got, how many have I got written down? Two, four, six, seven players that definitely need to be sold. Three that potentially need to be sold. So we're talking about 10 players, right? There's no way that that's ever going to happen. We've got to look at realistic options to sell. Delhi is on my like potential to sell list, right? Because I still like him. He's still a good player. There is something there, but it's his, um, I don't know the right word to use for it. Like he's got like a very precious mentality, you know, like um, he's worked hard and he's worked his way up from the lower leagues of MK Dons. And now he, I believe he feels that he deserves this, but without having to show it, you know? So he comes into a game thinking, you know, doesn't get played. You know, you just have to go back to that documentary where Jose is calling him lazy. He, again, is the type of player that needs to be mothered, needs to be looked after, needs to, you know, get a blanket around him when he's cold, rather than Jose is the opposite of that. And it worked under Poch, and he flourished under Poch. Now, not so much. Um, you know, it. so Delhi's a difficult one, but in terms of a, a saleability factor, he's definitely attractive in the market in terms of rekindling that form in his young age. So I think he potentially could be somebody that gets sold. So I've got written down, right, just so everyone's aware. We need to sell Aurier, Doherty, Dyer, Sanchez, Davis, Sissoko, and Wicks are like my 100% definites. But look, we're talking about seven players there, a whole back four, and two holding midfielders. Not to me, I haven't even got into... three or four that you could probably debate over as well, which yeah. is worrying. You know, and I'm talking Lucas... Delhi, Lamella, um, obviously Vinicius is on loan, so he doesn't come into it. You know, Gareth Bale again is on loans, so he doesn't come into it. Um, we we need to strengthen, but we have to sell to strengthen, I believe. So Delhi needs to be showing a lot more, but again, I think it comes down to the likes of Gareth Bale, where he has to get the game time to be able to show more. But it just so happens that we're in a time of this season where you can't have half-assed performances because it will throw the game away. Um, one of the things I did want to mention really quickly about um, you know the fact that someone mentioned about training and everything else, the Spurs squad have gone from a high-press high attacking formation under Pochettino to a very defence-minded you know, positioning play and, and all that through Mourinho. It, it must be incredibly difficult to be able to completely change how you played football and some players will be suited to different games better than others, which is why recruitment is essential for the likes of Mourinho. So I think it would be, it would cost us a hell of a lot of money to sack him. And then where does the money come in after a global pandemic 
to re-recruit with them when the next manager comes in. To me, it would be a stupid thing to do that. Um, he may as well run down his contract because as far as I'm aware, he has a clause in his contract, which is basically a sack clause. If he gets sacked, you have to pay him what he's owed. So Yeah. Um, just just two things there, Luke. On the Deli Ali situation, Deli Ali actually stopped playing for about the, the, the last year under Pochettino. So that issue was there before Mourinho came in as well. Um, and with the with with the gone from high pressing to to Mourinho style of football, I can understand it in a way. But we also do have we cannot forget that these players also stopped playing that high pressing um, football under Pochettino from from November um, of the Champions League run. Um, that final, if we didn't make that final. Fans would have sat there and questioned that league form and these players a hell of a lot more. In a way, making that Champions League final probably cost Pochi his job because the the highlight was taken off the players. It was taken off the players, and that league run was form was poor. And if you take that league run, just if you take it from a season in context, from that November to the no, to the November um, of the following season. We would have got relegated with the amount of points we accumulated over that over that course of, of of the year. So you know, the players stopped pressing on the Poch. Now my my theory on it is is that with Poch, we we knew right in, during week you have to meet certain targets, this that in order to, to be in contention for selection. Brilliant. But when they didn't when they got to the Champions League final and didn't win anything and they lost multiple FA Cup semi-finals, League Cup semi-finals, League Cup uh, final, two league run-ins, they, I think they're starting to question, does this way work? They stopped playing that high intensity under Pochettino. But as well, the squad, was, the squad is getting old. They don't have it in them to keep playing that way. They just don't. The, the, the squad needs freshening. And then, like, so Mourinho might have seen that come in and, and suited that around it to say, look, you know, they, they don't, they can't do the pressing game anymore. Like, it's important to remember that they did stop playing that way under Poch as well a good year before he got sacked. Mm. And that's a good point you've raised, because I never kind of really looked at it at that point. We always look at the here and now rather than the previous, yeah. if that makes sense. Um, so I'm glad you brought that up, David. Um, I just want to highlight, obviously, on what Shepard said. I mean, the one thing we haven't really said tonight is how well that Dynamo played, because let's not be honest, we all kind of knew that they wanted it more. They showed it. And the thing that's so frustrating for me, Luke, is the fact that we needed one goal, just one goal. That was it. So what do you make of it all? Do you think, again, it's this whole confidence thing? Do you just think the players have just had enough in terms of, I don't know, their mentality is just too weak? Or do you think they're falling out of Jose? Do you think the dressing room's gone? Or do you think, like we've seen in the Hugo um, interview, that he said that performance on the pitch just highlights what's going on at the club? Yeah, definitely. I think, first of all, you know, pay a little bit of respect to Dinamo Zagreb. You know, whoever this new manager is that's come in, whoever has been the tactician in this game got it as perfect as you could ever get anything. He studied Spurs and realized that against Spurs, hold you know, a high press with you know defending deep and then counter-attacking, effectively what we want to the way we want to play against us will do us, you know, the world of trouble. You know, there were players getting bullied off the ball, rushed off the ball. Um, every time we got the ball into the front, three or four, they were losing the ball, weren't able to make that through ball pass. They got it as perfect as you could get it. So, you know, total utter respect to them. The third goal, in my opinion, Aurier should just take the man down. 
Um, he sticks a leg out behind him to try and block the ball. And as soon as he gets past him, um, he's got a free run at Sanchez and, and scores. Um, but in terms of the players, it's tricky to know. They've always been up and down like this. You know, the game against Manchester United, we go 1-0 down and beat them 6-1. That kind of style of play and that, you know, hunger within the players to keep scoring you know, we have seen bits of before, like when we, you know, in the Pochettino, we're at Wembley and we beat Liverpool um, and scored four against them. But there always seems to be this dip on these big occasions. And I just wish that somebody would, you know, if you were able to let them live a life of a Spurs fan for a day, when you have Arsenal fans as friends like I do, you know, it's not, it's not a fun time to... You know, to be about, and I, you know, a lot of it's fun and jokes, and you know, I, I don't try and take things too much to heart, so I really don't try and get too down about things. But you know, when you have a constant barrage of abuse like we've had today, you know, us guys are talking about, if they could live that and realize how that actually feels, they would understand why we'd be so angry with them. You know, it's happened many times us getting knocked out of the Europa League or any European campaign in the last 16. It happens a lot. It happened under Pochettino as well. That's not the biggest problem. The biggest problem is that classic, you know, fall apart, you know, where we just just fall away and, uh, you know, can't cope with the pressure that's that's upon us. Um, so I don't know how, how we can change that, to be honest. It's, uh, it's a real problem. It's a difficult one, and I just like what Wayne said here. He like croutons, and I love that. I mean, if you don't laugh, you cry. But yeah, I, I totally felt what you're saying, Luke. It's like if they understood how he actually felt, like you think they'd actually decide to turn up now and again. Do you know what I mean? And it's the same with what Shepherd has said here, David, about we were just so arrogant that we were going to get the job done. So, what are your kind of thoughts on that? Do you think it was just pure complacency that are oh, the job's done here? We don't have to bother turning up. Yeah. Sorry, but... oh, David. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, which which David? <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. No, I'm only messing. Um, look, it, it's a it's a hard one. It's a hard one because look, Harry Winks, for instance, he's a Tottenham fan, supposedly. He's a Tottenham boy. He bleeds this club. He hasn't turned up in about two years. Um, you know, Sissoko, he got a French call up. Every reason for him to go out there and put on a performance last night, Harry Winks. Gareth Southgate, he didn't get in the English squad, but Gareth Southgate said, you know, put in the performances, get back in the Tottenham team, you'll be there. He didn't show up last night. Deli Ali, Harry Winks, Sissoko, Dyer, all players that have knocked on Jose Mourinho's dressing room door asking for more football. They've been asking for it. So if they're turning up complacent, that's on them. Mourinho, Mourinho came out and said he gave them everything they needed to do to stop Orsic last night. Everything. In detail. And I, I, I'm convinced that's what he worked on going into this game. Stop him, the tie's over. You know what I mean? And did, no, no one done it. No one done it. No one turned up. It's The problem at this club, it, it, it is, it's a lot deep-rooted. Whether you like Mourinho or not, when you get Mourinho, all you're going to turn to is the players. And then once you've turned to the players, you might just be wishing that you had Mourinho back to sort out the problems once, once people wake up to the deep-rooted problems in this club. Um, you know, a lot of people have, and they still say, "Look, Mourinho's not the answer." I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Then where, where we go from here? To be honest, because if you're another manager as well, are you looking at this club and saying, "Don't fancy staking my reputation there"? To be honest, you know, Pochettino, look what he done for us. He he got the sack. 
Mourinho's come in. A player, a manager that's won at every club he's gone at, when they do it his way, he'll end up getting the sack. What manager's going to turn around and say, like, they're two of the world's best managers right now. What manager is going to turn around, like some Nagels man or Rodgers are, are going to turn around and say, you know, well, if I'm thinking about going for one of the top, top clubs that win trophies, I don't think I'm going to put my reputation on Tottenham. It's not going to happen. We're going to have to go through another five-year project where you pull a manager out of obscurity or you get in the likes of Eddie Howe, this, that, and the other. And plus, if you're playing Mourinho, the money you have to sack him. What's going to say you're going to have the money to get in a top-class manager? You know what I mean? The club is in crisis at the minute. It's a massive crisis. Um, and it's just, last night, it's just solely, for me, it's down to the players. Like, Mourinho's come out and said, you know what, the plan was there. They didn't execute it. Larice is, like, what Larice is alluding to is, you know, these players, they've been, like, the, the players that are not in the first 11, and we've seen it, the evidence are there. Once we have a couple of injuries, and it happened under Pochettino as well, our football and the way we play get sacrificed because the backup players are not quality enough to come in and do it. Now, the backup players underneath Poch were Winks, Sissoko, until Wanyama, Wanyama's knees blew out and Dembele, Dembele's knees blew out. Um, Davies, um, Aurier, he even played Kyle Walker-Peters ahead at times ahead of Aurier. Um, Sanchez, Dyer, you know what I mean, Lucas, Lamella, all bit, bit part players underneath um, Pochettino. But unfortunately, they've become the nucleus of the squad Mourinho has inherited. And this is the problem. Like, Mourinho has been, had, like, he doesn't have the Pochettino squad. This is the thing. He doesn't have that squad to work with. And when them players started going out of Pochettino's squad, look what happened. The football was shit. He got the sack. Now, Mourinho's come in. He's trying to work with the backup players. And, like, if, if Poch couldn't get a tune out of them, I don't understand why people are expecting Mourinho to get a tune out of them. I argue the case that, with, with the nucleus of the squad being based around Potter's backup players that he rarely used, is he doing a good job? I, 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 on, on the face of that, you'd probably say, yeah. Like, you know, you get in some... And, and, and what's as well about this, like some games you see them pressing, some games you see them don't. But under Pochettino, when these players stop pressing, we've brought in players to try and help that game evolve, the likes of Regulon, Endombele... Um, you know, Garrett Bale to try and be more on the front foot, have more of a threat. We've we've done that. And and that's why you're seeing some players press and some players not. And that's my that's what I think. It's it's like you said, like Hugo came out as well. It's like there's individuals on the pitch as well. I think that's something he enumulated to in the sense that players come on and it's just con disconjoined and Something else I want to talk to you, Luke, about obviously David's kind of touched on and I, I agree as well. Levy's been well, Levy and Enik have just kind of left it to get stale. And, and that's the thing that really infuriates me. So if I was to say to you, Luke, this might be a bit of a big question. I might put you on the spot here. If you had the, the chance right now, how would you try and fix this mess? What would be your, your plan A, shall we say? I don't know. It's really tricky, right? So I hear a lot and see a lot of people on social media talking about the board needs to be changed and everything else. What everybody forgets is that we built probably one of the best stadiums in the country. And I'm not just talking about looks. I'm talking about how many working cogs there are that bring in financial gain to the football club, right? You've got a 10-year NFL contract. And by doing that, they're creating a separate pitch which doesn't interact with the football pitch so that there's no issues with football in terms. There's even the skywalk that you can do. You know, there's, there's all of these 
millions of things that go on within that club that bring money and bring financial gain into the football club to try and fund that stadium that we built. Okay, in terms of financially spending, we have been um, lacking in that, you know, and that was something that um, Mourinho has been given. If I was in the club right now to try and change things, it would be something because I don't know. It, it sounds crazy, right? But something as simple as some kind of... I need to find out, right? Are Mourinho's tactics too complicated to understand? Or are the players that we have in those positions just not good enough? Okay, look at our fullbacks, right? So Orsic was playing on the left-hand side. That's where he attacked from the majority of the game. Serge Aurier, for the final goal, was caught up playing effectively as high up as a midfielder. And that's where he then, you know, the ball gets lost and he gets skipped past and then they score. Um, I would be looking at, A, the mentality of the players and, B, I would be doing something about, um, you know, one of the things I really want to talk about, so I'll jump onto that, is Joe Hart. So, obviously, Joe Hart's social media team posted this stupid, ridiculous thing last night. And then he comes out with a video this morning blaming his social media team. Like, now, clearly he doesn't know who these people are that run his social media because the only time on my social media for my business when I've had problems has been with someone that I don't know and I've said, control my social media because it's cheap and they end up posting something that has no relevance to what I do, right? So just to make a stupid video this morning that said that he was upset about it is ridiculous. You know, that is something that I would also be looking at is, you know, finding out who controls these things because to add that on top of things is an absolute outrage and, you know, there should be some repercussions for that. Um, but I want to know what Lloris is doing as well because he clearly obviously is the captain and he came out with a very strongly worded interview and I hope for, to God he doesn't get reprimanded for that. But I want to know where he was, what he was saying before the game. May, do you know what I maybe would do to help with fans? Maybe create a, you know, a... Uh, to, uh, what do you call it, dressing room camera that you can access, that you can watch before and after the games because then there's no hiding and that's the problem. It's, you know, the players, we only see them on the pitch. I want to see them all the time. I want to see, you know, if they were raging at each other after that game and there was, you know, arguments and that, good. That's what I want to see, but I doubt it. I doubt that's what happened. I bet they all sat on their phones and they didn't talk to one another and that's not, not good enough. I didn't really answer your question, but... <laughs> That's all right. I like the tangent you went on anyway, so it's fine. But it's true what you said. Like The thing that gets me is that it looks like they don't care. And that's the most infuriating thing, because us as fans, like we've touched on tonight, we care too much, it, it seems. So, David, I'm going to try and throw it at you as well. What would be kind of the first thing you'd do? I feel like you're going to say get rid of Bennett, because I'm feeling that vibe as well. <laughs> um, Look, first and foremost, I actually would like Enoch to maybe look at selling the club in a way. Look, Business-wise, fantastic. I get football club, you know, it has to be a, a business as well. But you can never forget why football was started. It was started to win things, represent the people of your area, represent the people that support your club, and ultimately to win trophies. It's why footballers come into it, to win trophies. Well, most footballers, you know, you hear the odd few that say, oh, well, I don't like football, but I went into it for money. But the people that love football go into it to win things, to be on the biggest stages, Champions League finals, World Cup finals, to win the big things. Um, I just think, in terms of business, it's been brilliant, but they've completely forgotten about the football side of things. 
completely forgotten about it. And this is the problem. And this, 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 this is why we are arriving at this. You can have the best brand and the best business model you want, but you're never too big to go down if you don't get things sorted. Never too big to go down. Now, if they don't get things sorted and we do go down a path of bringing in and out managers, now, Arsenal have been doing that since Fenger's gone. Now, their club is completely demised. And I'm not having a drive at them. I'm just talking about compared to where they were when I grew up watching football. Um, now, we're only two years into that process. So we're about three, four years behind them. Now, and we're only above them. We're, you probably say par. So if we go through another three, four years to get this right and try and get it sorted, where could we be by then? And that's a scary thing. For me, a lot of people think Daniel Levy is the issue. I firmly look in a way he is, but he's also paid big money to take the attention off Enoch. He does that. I, I'm aware that Daniel Levy does have a stake in Enoch as well, but for me, I think it's become. I think now that they've got the stadium and the training ground, I think maybe in a year or two they they probably might look at selling up. Maybe compared to what they bought the club for, compared to what they're going to sell it for. Is going to be astronomical profit. They're an investment firm, you know. Maybe you could argue that was probably always their goal. Are they going to be here long term? I don't think so, especially if they don't get the the pitch site sorted out. But what I was listening to an interesting um, podcast the other day, and it was Ian Holloway, and he was saying, "Look, you can't have managers like you did before, like Fergie and Wenger, where they ran everything, because the money side is too big for them to keep track of." But he said, "What what modern football needs?" is the manager to have someone on the football side of things that he can trust, that he says, I want this player, and that's the player they're going to try and get for you. You know, someone that when the final decision comes and, and is making that decision on transfer, he is saying, well, look, this is what Josie wants, and this is a, we're going to make this happen, and this is what happens. Not bring in two, three players for the same price, try and fill two, three gaps, and see if it works out, because that's, that's why we are at where we're at now, and it's a major problem. You could even argue on the potch. You know, we, we've we only ever had a first 11 for probably the last seven, eight years. After that, when you start bringing in these players, things go down. Mm. Yeah, I agree. It's just a tricky one, isn't it? Obviously, we've I think we've tried to sign a, a director of football and it hasn't really added anything, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? We, Your man Campos is out there floating around at the minute and he's good friends with Mourinho. Maybe do that for the summer and see how that works out. But if you're going to do that, you do have to have a, a long-term plan under Jose. You can't bring in um, your man Campos and then sack Jose after a year or six months down the line because I'll be on uproar, fans will go uproar. What you need to do is, in the summer, just identify what you want to do and, and back it. The most important thing is back it. If a manager says he wants this, give him that. That's the thing. And I think that's the thing that it just infuriates all of us. The likes of... We nearly get, I think someone mentioned it earlier, obviously we were after Ruben Diaz and, and Bruno Fernandes, instead we get the Celso. Do you know what I mean? It's it's one or the other. Like we never go for the big bucks. We always just, let's uh, save ourselves, say, 5 million, 10 million, just to get the, the cheaper player in, so to speak. So it is very infuriating. Um, Luke, I just want to touch on you quickly. So obviously we spoke about what we do, obviously, and things like that. But in terms of the summer coming, we know we're strapped on cash, so to speak. Now, this is going to be a very difficult question. If Kane is to leave, where do you think his ideal place would be? And if that is the case, 
what does that make for Tottenham? Um, I think he would go to Man United personally because of the reputation of the club, um, the fact that he could become effectively a club legend there. He could win major trophies with Man United, especially when they are on the cusp of rebuilding themselves from the fallout of Alex Ferguson. Um, what was your second question? Oh, I can't remember. What did I say? Um, what do you think that makes for us? Do you think, obviously, we saw when we sold Bale, the money was spent wrongly. Do you feel that might happen again if we sold Kane? It's tricky, isn't it? Because you're never going to get a player of Kane's ability, right? What are you looking at? Haaland, Mbappe, you know, players like that, that effectively we couldn't afford in wages and wouldn't come. Kane is a special talent. Um, now, there's still no indicators that suggest that he will leave, but if he left now, I genuinely wouldn't blame him, to be yeah. honest. We've given we've we've given him in uh, he's given us sorry enough time to try and be able to do it. And even though I said he didn't look that interested last night, how can he look interested? You know, I saw him playing on the left wing last night, and then he crossed the ball in, and he should have been the one on the end of that cross. And he can't cross it and then score himself. It's just not possible. Um, in terms of like where that leaves us. I believe with the likes of Son, we only need a you know a good centre forward. So we would need a league proven centre forward. I would go and probably buy Danny Ings. He's injury prone, but I would probably go and buy Danny Ings for forty five million. Leave us with about a hundred million, um, you know, on my one hundred and fifty million pound valuation. Then I would be looking at the likes of okay. I don't want it all spent and just thrown at all the players in one go. So I'd go and buy Danny Ings, buy a centre-back. I, I couldn't name you one right now. And then potentially go and buy the likes of Max Ahrens at right-back and then see where that takes us. The problem that with the bail money is we spent all of it on... When you buy in seven, eight, nine players and they're all first-team starters, what does that do to the squad mentality again and this is the thing we need to change the first thing i would be doing at the club going back to that sorry is bringing in some kind of psychologist some kind of um you know brain expert of some kind you know um whatever that is to be able to get to the deep-rooted problem that lives within them because you know you talked to david about arsenal and the fact that they have sacked a few managers since arsene wenger left and they are below us in the league but i tell you what in terms of european competitions they do have the right mentality. They made it to Europa League final a few seasons ago when we got to the Champions League final. Okay, they lost to Chelsea. Um, but they could very easily, with the draw they've been given, get to another one. I tell you what, if they win the Europa League, I'm just turning the lights off and never turn them back on again. <laughs> I'm going radio silent. That's me done. Yeah, that's, that's it. Just turn all your lights yeah. off and stay there. <laughs> um, I never hear. Sorry, I was going to say, I have a question for the two of you, actually. Um, do you think Kane and Son's future hin hinder on Mourinho? Because if you were dead, okay, you're sitting there, you haven't been let down by Mourinho ultimately, you've been let down by the club by them not bringing in the calibre players that you think you should be playing with. And when you're looking at, so if they sack Mourinho, their, their only other option is to probably go down the route of, of a long-term plan, bring in, like I said, a manager that, that they can afford. So, when you're Kane and Son and you're looking at it and they're getting on and they're to the business end of their career as well, do you look at it and say, oh, I'm not sticking around here for another plan when I know Madrid and these clubs have been sniffing around for 
for years, Pochettino's over at PSG. They win league titles. You know what I mean? A week ago, there helped them win a Champions League. They were in Champions League final not so long ago. You know what I mean? So they, they, they could very well... What do you think? Do you think they could just up and leave as well if Mourinho goes? Uh, I think it definitely plays a factor. Don't get me wrong. I don't think I can sit through, say, another rebuild, if that makes sense. We've done it once. It didn't work. We didn't get rid of the stuff we should have done. And now we're back to square one with someone that has potentially done it everywhere. Now, don't get me wrong. He's got his faults. We've already highlighted that tonight. But I think it would. Because, like you said, Kane's towards the end of his career now. And I think this season was really the season to be like, right, OK, we've got someone in that's done it. I believe in him taking me where to is. Because let's not, like, I'm being real right now. I think he has taken Kane up because we've seen it in his game. Yep. He now does those amazing balls. He puts crosses in, but we just haven't got the right calibre to be able to put, get on the end of it. So if Jose goes, I think it'll definitely be a factor to Harry Kane's leaving. But to be honest with you, the amount of crap he's put up with the last couple yep. of seasons in his career, I wouldn't blame him for leaving if that was another thing to add to it. So Luke, what's, what's mm. your opinion on it? Yeah, I think you're right in terms of, he said in the documentary, didn't he? Like, you stick with me and I'll transform you into a you know, world-class player, whatever it was. I think he has done that. And I think he's he's seen that Kane potentially doesn't have that turn of pace. You know, centre-backs are getting quicker and you can't, you still can, but you don't see it as often, you know, burst past a player. Um, but he's effectively turned him into a player who can play two positions. He can play behind the striker, and he can play the striker. And for us, he plays both positions in the same game. Um, you know, one of the, my favourite things from Harry Kane is to see him drop back, ping the ball out wide, and then go and meet that cross in the middle of the box. You know, he assists the assist and scores the goal. You know, it's madness. So I really wouldn't blame him. Um, if I was Harry Kane, though, and, you know, we do know that he does love Spurs, I would be taking this into my own hands and taking a trip to or organizing a meeting with Daniel Levy and Jose Mourinho and saying, I need players that can play with me at that highest level that can propel us into the places where I want to be and Spurs want to be. If you cannot provide me that by, you know, in X time frame, then I'm gone. Mm. And, you know, put me up for transfer. If 150 million big comes in, I want it to be, I want it to be mutual. You know, I want you to, Respect that, but I need that from you. Um, but again, the likelihood of something like that happening is is unlikely. But he's in that he's in the power position. It's all about who's in the best position, right? Harry Kane is in the power position, not um, Daniel Levy, not Jose Mourinho. Harry Kane is the player that the fans love and is the player who plays at the best level. So he's in effectively the power position, which means he has all the negotiation power. That's yeah, but my my only concern with that is is that look. I, I 100%, I would, I, I think you're right. I think Kane, I would love for him to go and do that. I really would. But he's probably sitting at it looking like, well, why would I do that? Because I'm not being funny. Like, I'm going to see what the club does. Like, they've already, they know my intentions. They know what I've already told them. I, I, I'm going to see what they do. And because ultimately, he has a family to look after now as well. He's popping out kids left, right and centre the last couple of years. Um. So, you know, he has a... If he leaves Tottenham, he's probably going to double double his wages effectively, I'd say. So, he also has to take that into account. So, on that basis, I don't think us fans would be enough to make him go go to Levy to say, you know, look, this is the situation. I, I really don't. I think but that's the biggest problem in football, though, isn't happened. it? There aren't, there aren't those players anymore that really... 
you know, if he really, really wanted to be at Spurs, as in, you know, this is where he wanted to see out the rest of his career, if he could win something, and he wanted to help them achieve that, he would go down as a club legend, right? Mm. And But if he doesn't, if he wants that, he has to take things into his own hands. And it's, as I agree with you, it's a completely crazy scenario. And he probably doesn't realize the position that he's in in terms of yeah. that. You know, it's only once it's you kind of analyze. Like yeah, that. exactly. Exactly. But sometimes in life, you've got to take what you want. Yeah. And, you know, you've got, he, look, it's not like you're going into work and saying, I need a promotion. Right. But if you're, but if you're going into work and you're the best, you know, salesperson, let's say, in that team. You're the one that's driving all the money into the business. You're the person who's driving all the new business in, all the revenue, etc. If you go to your boss and you say, I need more money or I'm leaving, they're not always going to sack you. And like, for example, they're never just going to get rid of Harry Kane, right? That's why he's in that such powerful position. But I agree. It's, it's, I'm just on a bit of a tangent. It's yeah. incredibly unlikely. But that's part of the problem, right? We need people who have the balls to be able to just do it and to step up. You know, he should have him, Larice. You know, you saw at one point Dyer was going mad for no reason. Yet his, I think it was for the second goal. Yet his swing at the ball that led to it going through to, was the problem. You can't shout at people after the problem. You know, we need somebody last night grabbing players by the shirt, yeah. and you know, even if it meant delaying the kickoff by thirty seconds and everybody getting together and somebody saying, "This is it. This is the moment, or we're out." And nobody yeah. did that. Um, and so it's a really tricky one, isn't it? At the end of the day, they get paid a lot of money. And as you say, Harry Kane will go to a big club and earn even more money and he'll never have a problem with, you know, with struggling by. So it's difficult to tell him what to do now, isn't it? I, I totally agree. And this is a, another point I want to kind of throw out to you guys. Obviously, I doubt he's going to win anything with Tottenham in, in the near future, so to speak. I mean, who knows what next season holds, but... I feel if he was to leave, I think it will be a Premier League team just because I think he's after that, obviously, total goal tally in the Prem. Do you think if he goes off and wins something, he'll come back to Tottenham? Do you think that's definitely would be his A plan if he was to move? Throw it out to either of you. Um, <laughs> look, to be honest with you, I wouldn't rule out Bayern Munich either. Lewandowski is not, is not getting any younger. Harry Kane could come in there, do a job for them for four or five years, go and clean up, win everything. Because I'm not being funny. I don't see anybody challenging them right now. They're the best. They're the best. Best around, from one to eleven, and even up beyond that. No matter who they bring in, they come in. They do the exact same job, offer the exact same thing. Um, but that doesn't just come down from manager. What Bayern Munich have done. That's an institution. Everyone has to be at that level, or you're gone. There's none of this. I will give them time to develop. None of that. If you're not at that level, you're out. Harry Kane could definitely end up at Bayern Munich. One hundred percent. That could be a club he could go to. Um, Juventus, that could be another one. I'd well believe they'll be able to afford it. PSG with Poch, obvious choice. Um, they'd definitely be able to afford it. Look, Man City be able to afford it, but I, I think looking at it, Kane might be that player that might say, no, look, I can't go to another Premier League club. I think he might have that that, res that, that, that respect for the club to not go to the likes of City or United. Um, but yeah, look, it's definitely an option. He could go out there. He could say he could, could head out to Germany. Um, collect trophies for four or five years, come back to Tottenham. But by then, Tottenham could have moved on. So, you know, there's China, there's the MLS, there's there's plenty of revenue ways for him to go after that as well. So I, I do think maybe if Kane goes, I think that'll be it unless he comes back uh, in a manager, in a in a coaching role or or something like that in the future. 
my so, sorry, oh, my argument to that is that would it not just be the problem that we have with Spurs in that entire question? Not getting at you, I just mean in general, like Spurs re-signing a player that they sold because he got too big for the club and then re-signing back at Spurs again at a cut-price cut yeah. deal because it's financially viable and he's never at that level that when he left. No, what, what, what I meant by Kane coming back is I'm talking about when he's maybe 33, 34 and he's still at the level where he can impact off the bench or, yeah. or play the cup games. Not not coming back to start. No, that that, that he, he wouldn't be at that level. By then, I, I, I'd hope we'd have someone being able to bang in the goals. But my whole fear of losing Harry Kane, to be honest with you, is Look, the board has had five years to get someone in for when Kane goes out injured. And we were just seeing, like, okay, they had Lorente done a good job, they have Vinicius now, but they're only short-term answers to the problem. You know what I mean? You want someone that's going to come in. Like, they've someone that's young but, but is capable when they come in, they've had five years to find that. Five years now. Um, and we don't have the best track record of buying, buying strikers. Um since since the likes of Barbatov and Keane, because after that you're talking Saldado, Vincent Janssen. I don't Probably trust this board go. to go and get a striker. I do not trust this board to go and get me a striker to score goals. I don't. You know, look at look at the players who signed as you say, Pavlyuchenko, uh Soldado, Vincent Janssen. Darren you know, Bent. Yeah. You know, we just we could name as many, you know, and then how many can we name that were like, you know, as good or as prolific as Harry Kane, you know, it's, and, and do you know what the thing is, Harry Kane brought that on himself. You know, he brought himself into that forefront. He was loaned out, um, you know, with Jamie Vardy, he was on the bench with Jamie Vardy at Leicester in a game where both of them were sat on the bench. Both of those two players brought themselves from nothing to something. And um, it's their hard work and their ability. So we don't have that time to do that. And so, as you say, who do we really bring in? It has to be somebody proven in the Premier League. It has to be somebody proven that can do it week in, week out. I couldn't name you maybe one striker that we could get for less than what we have to pay him that we could afford as well in wages. But just to add to that as well about signing and re-signing players, it goes longer than that. Don't forget, we sold Robbie Keane, couldn't get an answer, re-signed him. We sold Jermaine Defoe, couldn't get an answer for that, re-signed him. So this is a problem that's gone on at this club a long way back. You, you know what I mean? It's not just recently. They, like You'd argue, okay, they got Barbatov in. That worked out. But after that, you're talking about signing Robbie Keane, selling them, bringing them back. You're talking the same with the four. So we don't have a good risk record the, of buying strikers under this board. The reason why they do it, though, is it's because it's financially beneficial to the club because they sell them for 30, 35... I'm just throwing out numbers, right? 30, yeah. 35 million pounds and re-sign them back at 10 million pounds. That's 25 million pound profit and you get the same player. You know, well, obviously they're yeah. you know not as good as they were, but that's the reason why they do it because it's it's financially But the chance also has to present itself that that player doesn't perform at the club he goes to. That yeah. that's, that's the thing with that as well and they got lucky with that. That was never their intention to yeah. sell it and get them back at a cost, cost price. Did that that opportunity? Yeah, just arose, yeah, yeah but... definitely. But when an opportunity like that comes along, and you can get yeah. something that you already had, and you can make money out of it, um, yeah, you know, it's like selling your TV to someone for a hundred pounds, and then two years later they they bring it back to you and they say, "Oh, you can have it for twenty quid. Why not?" Yeah, um, yeah no, no, I get that. I was just basically what I was saying is that, like, you know, it does go back to that time where we sold Robbie Keane and the phone brought them back because we didn't get the answer once we sold yeah. them. So it is, it is a, it is a problem. 
yeah. it's just depressing it's a never-ending cycle isn't it really it's just like where do we go from here because we always end up going around in a full spin again i just want to yeah. pop out quickly what cody said i mean it has been a depressing 24 hours not even the 24 hours i mean it's been a depressing week um but i want to thank you both for coming on tonight um it's been a great discussion you've been great guests so i want to say Thank you first to Luke for joining me tonight. Where can everybody kind of find your content, Luke? So everyone can just uh, follow us at Rivalry Aside TV. Um, we've got loads of different shows, not just Spurs shows. Um, so, yeah, different fans doing different shows all the time. Um, but, you know, I really want you to hit your thousand subscribers and beyond. So before they go and do that, just go and subscribe to this channel if you're watching it as well. Um, but, yeah, definitely subscribe to ours because we've got a hell of a lot less. Um, but... Uh, yeah, no, it's been an absolute pleasure. And I just <clears> want to say on a positive note that, as I was saying before the show, this only pushes Spurs into a different direction now. It now gives us all impetus on achieving that top four and that Carabao Cup final. If one of those can come off this season, I wouldn't say this was the worst season of all time. No, I agree. It It's hard to look at it like that, but it is true you're saying. We've got to try and look at the positives. Like I said, I've cancelled BT, so I've saved 25 quid, so we're living lavish. But um, (laughs) uh, David, where can everybody find you? Uh, Yeah, just before that, I just want to say, Holly, you've done the impossible. You found someone more positive than me um, in (laughs) there. That's absolutely brilliant. You've done, and and plus, it's good therapy. You've absolutely cheered me up today. I hope it's the same for everybody else in the comment section. Um, look, you can get me over at the Irish Hotspur, but these two here, they're the ones I want to see reach the thousand next. Holly's so close, she can almost touch it. So help her, help her get, help her be able to reach that, pull that big thousand in, and then get off to rivalry aside once you're done there. And make sure you smash and subscribe as well. The boys put out brilliant content. Their crew is constantly getting bigger and bigger, bringing in there's stuff there for everybody. So look, make sure you help these two guys out. Forget about me. Don't worry about my channel. Smash the subscribe on these two channels. Cheers, David. I appreciate it. And thanks to everyone in the comments today. I hope it's, um, like David said and Luke said, I hope it's kind of cheered everyone up. And like I said, we've just got to hope that on Sunday they decide to um, turn up on the pitch and walk out that tunnel and decide to do something. But um, till next time, I'll see you all soon. And uh, come on, you Spurs. Come on.